We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel, co-host of obviously the Rotoviz Overtime podcast and the Great Stadium Bananas podcast on Rotoviz Radio, along with Ben Gretsch. Today's show, Sean, is the one the listeners have all been waiting for. <laughs> it is the part three of the main event draft. It will be uh, the back end rounds of the draft. But the key and the tease on the last episode was, can we get KJ Hamler? The, that is what everyone is just hinging on here as they tune in for this edition. So I know, Sean, you're very nervous at this point. Will he make it the rest of the way back to us here in the 15th round to get him? It is, a, it is a pick that we we, we love KJ Hamler. Uh, I know, Sean, you're not on Twitter, but uh, when he caught some of the, when he caught that long touchdown and in, in preseason, I got a number of tweets to uh, check in. Did, did you enjoy seeing that? So let's hope he can get back to us and let's hope we can see many, many highlights during the 2020 season for KJ Hamler. But uh, how, how nervous are you that he, he doesn't get it back, even though we are potentially drafting him four rounds ahead of uh, current ADP in, in this format. <laughs> well, nervous, nervous, right? I mean, it, you watch the preseason. He seems like he, he's projected out for a 16-touchdown season. So the best value that you'll ever see in fantasy, if we don't get him, it will completely ruin those early running back picks. No, in, in all seriousness, we think that Hamler is going to be good, and we are a little bit nervous here. So, Sean, we teased it on the last at the very, very end. I was going to make a pitch on that last round to say that uh, KJ Hamler's recent ADP in these drafts has been the 19th round. In our listener leagues, it has been kind of around the 12th round, I think, is where he, he's tending to go. So uh, we're in that kind of area of uh, uncertainty. And my concern is that, uh, well, it's, it's not as much concern now. I think the guys that are probably most likely subscribers of uh rotoviz and listening to the podcast on a regular basis are those guys after us in the round so my thoughts is if we can get a situation now where he is likely not going to go before us i think at the the 1509 if he's there i think he, he has to be the selection i was going to suggest that we could take him on that last pick if, if you wanted if i had got to say that before we ran out of time would you take him there or would you still take rager no i think we have to take the risk because he's been going so late 
And in order to make the value of those late round picks a little bit better, you've got to be able to have the guts to see if your guy falls. Now, with him being in that situation where he's the definite number two behind Jerry Judy, I think there's a chance that he becomes the overall number two with the injury concerns sort of surrounding Corlone Sutton or sort of a co-number a co two. You also have no offense, obviously, who we've already drafted and, and believe in. And so we think that the upside for him as well, they have a backup tight end who's coming off of an ACL tear in Albert O, who, I mean, this isn't something you're necessarily wanting to hear when you've drafted Fant, but at, at times last season before the injury actually looked like the superior tight end. So they have a lot of weapons. And yet, I mean, KJ Hamler has everything going for him in that profile that is so Deshaun Jackson-esque. And there's nothing to suggest at this point that he has the Deshaun Jackson personality, which uh, may be a great personality just sort of in general. I, I don't know Deshaun. He, he may be a very cool guy. It's been a little bit of a problem for him from a reality football perspective, which has sort of trickled down into fantasy. I, I think that Hamler has the chance to really be exciting. Now, I know that there are some concerns that he's not as good a fit with Bridgewater as he would be with Drew Locke or, you know, much preferably a Drew Locke arm talent who also can do the other things a quarterback needs to be able to do. I guess I think that the key thing here is that Teddy Bridgewater is going to keep the chains moving. I think he's got even more talent than he had last year with the Panthers. He wasn't good with the Panthers, but he was bad in a way that was sort of okay for fantasy. And if the Broncos are trailing in the second half of games, I mean, they just have so many guys they can throw the ball to. I think they're going to throw it around. I think they're going to score some points. And, you know, as teams are desperately trying to take away Fant and Judy, I mean, KJ Hamler is going to be wide open, right? And so, you know, if you're Teddy Bridgewater and you need open guys in order to make those plays, someone who is running around with no one anywhere close to him is, is going to be a pretty good fit for you. And so I think that Hamler is someone that you have to have on teams. I think that, you know, at this price, it's not a big deal. I mean, you could definitely take the risk and wait for rounds 18 and 19. He's better there because at the 1509, there are still going to be some fun guys to take. At the 18th round, 19th round, it's more like, okay, well, these are the placeholders for the people that we select in free agency after week one. But I just wouldn't feel comfortable passing on it much beyond this. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think, like, he's going in that 19th round range. Uh, for me, the 20th round range is likely going to be a defense. Um, so that's going to put that out of selection. Then it would have to be weird if they nailed it in the 19th. So with the way the wide receivers have gone, I think that adding him here would make a lot of sense if he does last to us. I think if we had started with a more zero RB approach, we would probably be looking at running backs at this particular time and letting it fall a little bit more but i think what he can offer us here um i think we would make that stretch i i wouldn't be comfortable waiting beyond i think the 1604 but sean we can thank our listeners for the fear that kj helmer <laughs> we're, we're getting them here technically at uh, three rounds of value at this point based on our recent drafts <laughs> Exactly, exactly. No, the, the trepidation definitely stems from the fact that we haven't been able to get in once in a listener league. The listeners have definitely taken some glee from the chance to steal him from us. That's been enjoyable. Again, the listener leagues have been absolutely fantastic. We thank everyone who's participated in the five of those, the four uh, normal ones, and then the $100,000 FFPC tournament league. Uh, Colin, our, our chances of winning the tournament are, are, are less now because we don't have Hamlet on that team. 
Yeah, I think that's that's the key piece. That's what we missed out on. But the in, in the chats on the the FFPC on the website, uh, that has been the kind of running joke. People hoping that they would have got Hamler in the thirteenth round, and he and he's gone. So uh, that's that's what's been happening. So we're in a good spot here. It's fifteen oh four, and he has not been selected. So we'll see who's there at the fifteen oh nine. Just out of interest, Sean, our worst nightmare becomes a reality, and somebody does pick him before there. You mentioned some fun guys. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on those. The next question I have as well to tie into that is we did our uh, football guys draft recently. We talked about the benefit of having that, you know, top tier kicker where you don't really have to worry then about the the waivers and things like that. I mentioned waiting on uh, defense. Are we on board with probably waiting on defense, looking for a top tier kicker and also drafting KJ Hamler? <laughs> Right. Well, if Hamler is gone, I would actually wouldn't mind taking the Rams here. They've got okay. a great um, matchup in week one. They're going to score a bunch of points. It, it, it's one of those situations where, yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily make sense from an analytics perspective, but you have a position taken care of that now you don't have to make all of those uh, pickups every week. It, in some ways, even if you have one of the NFL's very best defenses, it makes sense to continue to kind of stream the defenses. And so that element is taken out of it, or you can go ahead and cut the defense you selected in round 15. But if the guy isn't there, then it's less of an issue. The players that we really want in these next five rounds, it's very, very flat. And so, you know, if you take a Jarrett McKinnon this round as opposed to the next round, you know, that, that doesn't matter. If you miss on McKinnon and take a different late round running back and take one of these rookies, take a Larry Roundtree, then again, that doesn't really matter, right? And so you get into the situation where you can actually take the defense if you have a deep board built out. We have that. We even talked a little bit about the, the potential necessity for taking a third QB. You know, we might not do that if we have the guys, because again, we have a waivers period before the season starts. We can go ahead and take the third QB at that point uh column we are on the board we have 20 seconds left or on the clock the players on the board do still include kj handler i'm going to make that selection yeah i'm interested that you didn't say um you know did i want to make that selection you said i'm going to make it and i was going to joke if you asked were we going to make it i was going to say like at this point sean we 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 did a tease at the end of the first step or the second episode we've played a true we, we just can't if we took the, the Rams defense over over Hamler and then uh, he goes in the meantime, uh, we would never leave that down. And the Rams defense goes off the board on the next pick. But my next thing, Sean, here is I would be quite interested um, in seeding up that kicker position with uh, a Justin Tucker or a Butker. Um, but again, if you have alternative options here at this point, um, I, I think some of just the options that we're going to be leaning towards are going to be slightly a little bit later in the actual draft yeah I, I think the only issue is that we don't really know where guys are going to go from this point i mean they could go almost anywhere mm. and there is a player here who uh, i know that you and i have some interest in when mike clay was on stealing bananas and gave his value plays for the 2021 season a little bit of a, a teaser a pitch to go and listen to that one mike was great as always paris campbell Someone who, as the three receiver for the Colts, and in a system, I think, where we're not really that sure that T.Y. Hilton is going to be the one, that Michael Pittman is going to be the two. I was, it was interesting. I was looking at some Colts uh, sort of 
fan slash expert sites recently, they were projecting how they thought the depth charts were going to fall out, sort of how the usage was going to fall out. You and I, when we were on the clock in that Listener League $100,000 best ball contest, we're trying to decide where we wanted to go with the Colts receivers, and we ended up timing out and taking Campbell when maybe it was a toss-up between Campbell and Hilton. But it, it was interesting to me that the Colts followers still actually gave a slight edge to Hilton over Michael Pittman for the number one role. I think that's a little more possi- possible than kind of the way the fantasy players are drafting it, except fantasy players are drafting it for the upside of if Pittman breaks out, which Hilton at this point, especially with Carson Wentz, I mean, does he have league winning upsides? Probably not. So even if he's more likely to be the one, he's also someone who's not really going to move the needle for you. Those guys are both gone at this point. We don't have to make that Paris Campbell versus T.Y. Hilton decision uh, in this draft. But again, with how weak we are, and I say that we've only got four running backs, right? But they were a little bit earlier running backs. And we are now up to a situation where we have seven wide receivers, but it's not the top end firepower that we're used to, even though we started with a Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, you know, three of the first four rounds. A lot of people would be very comfortable with that. I'm not sure that I am. Um, unfortunately, Freak Score Calculator does take Paris Campbell before he gets back to us. Column, I gave the big pitch on the court. <laughs> Listeners can do with what they want for their drafts. Uh, we're now looking at a situation where, yeah, I don't know that it matters too much who we pick with some of the rest of these selections. At the same time, uh, someone like an Anthony McFarlane He's going in the 19th round over the last day, but you know we don't know that he's going to be there. In our extreme build, you know he was drafted earlier than we expected. Uh, he's someone I would have some interest in. At the same time, those tight ends could go. At this point, Fairmuth is somebody I would be interested in. Uh, where are you on kind of those guys? An Anthony McFarland, a you know, we could look at a defense, although the defenses we wanted are not there. But, you know, this is a chance. We could go Harrison Bucker. He gave us a little bit of that, uh, like we talked about on the previous show where we drafted our FBG team, that he gives you a little bit of that weekly consistency, that weekly floor when you match him up with a first-round pick of Tyreek Hill. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Any reason to be worried that the running back won't come back? I think that some of those running back options will certainly come back to us. Um, so that would be the reason, unless we had a wide receiver we were going to lean towards here, I, I would be going for Butker. I think it just gives you a lot of flexibility then later on. And uh, the only other player I'd have probably tossed into the mix, but just because of how late he's going here, would have been David Johnson. But I, I would rather get Butker here. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we will do that just to update the listener. Some of the names we do have in our queue, not necessarily the order in which they are currently sitting in our tiers. We have Quez Watkins. We have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who continues to draw raves out of Cleveland's camp. And again, we mentioned the fact that Cleveland was much, much more pass-heavy down the stretch last season, and Baker Mayfield looked pretty good. So there might be some stealth upside there. Yami Brown, who could be the vertical guy with Ryan Fitzpatrick in Washington, uh, sliding a little bit under the radar with some of the other players they have in that offense, but supposedly having a fantastic camp in his own right. Uh, we have Roundtree, we have Jarrett Patterson, who has been referred to as the next Maurice Jones-Drew there in Washington. Uh, a little bit of hyperbole. Patterson, not quite the size or the speed, the athleticism of MJD, not drafted to be a star like he was. And yet at the same time, Patterson, uh, fantastic numbers there at Buffalo. We have all these guys who are drafted in rounds four through seven at running back in the NFL draft who actually worked good in college. Patterson, fantastic. The other player who hasn't been getting a lot of buzz and actually did sustain a mild injury recently, but isn't supposed to hold him back. Colin, we have DeAndre Swift. A lot of people love Jamal Williams, think he's going to be very involved. Jamar Jefferson was perhaps the most productive, and when you adjust for age and experience, the most productive back in this entire class that was just drafted. He gets selected by Detroit at the very end. As in all cases where teams draft someone a little bit later than maybe was possible, and the team wants to kind of you know pat themselves on the chest and or <laughs> beat the chest, pat the back. And being a situation where they're saying, oh, look, we got this great value. We know what we were doing. You know, look at this guy. He's going to be better. But a situation where it kind of makes sense, Jamar Jefferson there with the Lions. I mean, you look at the situation, if Swift isn't playing, do we think that Jefferson is definitely worse than Jamal Williams? I don't think that he's worse. I will say that I really like Jamal Williams, and that's mainly because he was a Packer. Um, he's a very interesting character uh, in terms of his interviews and things like that. So I always really enjoyed watching those, even when he wasn't really involved uh, in, in the games. But the one thing is, when he is involved, uh, both as a pass catcher and as a runner, he is 
better, I think, than people tend to give him credit for. But I think that the spot that he's going in these drafts may still be around or two too early because I think if Swift comes out and things click into place, I think that he can be a first round pick next year. I think he certainly should be a second round pick next year. I think the upside is is huge with him, both from pass catching and a rushing perspective. Um, obviously we have concerns around that offense, but that the concerns around that offense still fit into play for Williams. So I think Patterson is or not, sorry, I think um Jefferson is quite interesting there. The one thing I'd be saying is obviously we're not looking to handcuff players but in a situation like this where there is concerns around the week one status potentially of swift is that a reason that you'd be leaning towards him or is it purely based on his talent and, and what he's done in college yeah i mean it's, it's almost purely based on his talent right because uh, he's not going to necessarily be the guy if swift is out but I, I think that there is a tiny little bit of extra incentive to get him in the situation because of that especially if you think that he could really force almost a pure 50-50 with Jamal Williams. And based on what I've read about his camp and what we know, I mean, he was one of the guys who just jumps out in every single one of the advanced metrics that we look at. And then, you know, he doesn't do particularly well in terms of his workout. And suddenly people are like, yeah, I mean, he's small and slow. So what are you going to do with him? Well, just like Jared Patterson, you know, you, you go and you, put these guys on the football field and immediately all their teammates are like, how did you guys end up getting drafted or going undrafted where you did? Because you seem better than the people who <laughs> were drafted in, in, on day three. And so I, I like betting on players who were good. One of the things that we always see and we always talk about, and yet the exploitable opportunities are there every season is that good players continue to be good players. And that has value, especially when you're looking here at the end of a fantasy draft where the expected points you're going to get from these guys early on in the season, you know, it's basically nil. So come on, we're on the clock. I waste a lot of time there. Quez Watkins, a possibility to kind of protect the Rager pick. Anthony McFarland, the guy I was talking about that I wanted. You have a direction to go here. Gabby Brown, also a possibility. Yeah, I think Watkins could be interesting. It really would solidify that. And it would also mean that both of those guys could potentially be startable. So I think him, the other player we, we, how do you feel about Watkins first? Are you going with that? Yep. So we had nine seconds on the clock. I was just <laughs> to make sure of that before we, we moved on. The the player, Sean, that I was going to mention um, as a running back is I, I actually checked while you were talking to see <laughs> if he had picked up an injury or something. But David Johnson is still there. We are in the, the back end of the 17th round. His ADP has been um, the 1304 in, in drafts. I know we're not big johnson fans over the last two years uh with how he's played I, I my still one of my favorite sayings is that he looked like a a late stage antonio gates but uh in terms of uh david johnson potentially falling to us in the 18th round are we is there any interest there five rounds after he should be i i don't think so I, a few of these picks even when i look at the adp from the last 48 hours you know etn still being drafted so you're having people either time out an auto pick or you're having people who are not up on the very latest news the situation here with david johnson a little bit like the situation with latavius murray you've got a little bit of a doubt that the coaches are going in the right direction or that it'll be what they say i mean are the saints really going to go to these no-name players behind murray you know is he going to get cut david johnson they went ahead and have made the call that it's going to be Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram as the starters. 
that a little bit odd because neither one of those guys, well, Mark Ingram has been done for a while. I mean, you get beat out by <laughs> Gus Edwards, who, I mean, Gus Edwards is good, right? But I mean, there was never any reason for uh, them to have added Mark Ingram. I think if you look at Mark Ingram and he's not in that Baltimore offense where, you know, the, the defense is getting stretched, I guess is the word. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you I mean, you look at the before contact numbers for guys like Gus Edwards and, uh, J.K. Dobbins, and a little bit I think you had to put on them when we talk about before contact rushing as being a running back skill, at least in part. But it's just not the same that the other teams face. It's not the same that the Houston Texans with poor quarterback play and no weapons at wide receiver are going to be in. And so, yeah, I mean, David Johnson probably still the best receiving back in that group. He actually had a little bit of a bounce back season last year. So I know it's been very hard for him to deal with the fact that he's been demoted to third string. I guess within the context of everything that's going on there, probably still no value. I think that our kind of two choices as we get to our pick here in round 18, for me, are probably Brown, the receiver there in Washington, or Anthony McFarland, who I think has a little bit, I mean, I think he's the favorite to be the backup to Harris in a way where there's actually some vaguely interesting fantasy upside based on the touches that he could run across. Yeah, I think I think uh, McFarland would be my selection here. Um, and, and in the meantime, Jared Patterson has gone off the board. Um, so he was somebody we talked about earlier, but uh, is off the board at, the, at this particular point. Um, Jamar Jefferson is the other option, but I think probably going to be available a bit later, Sean. Um, I think McFarland is uh, is interesting. The other one that you mentioned is is Brown. So depending on where we feel the, the the most need is. So at this point, we do have four running backs, but I'm quite confident that those guys are going to give us value from week one throughout, unless Swift misses week one. Obviously, then he gives us no value. So I, I may be willing to to lean on Brown um, to get another wide receiver, or or do you want to go with McFarland? Yeah, Brown's ADP, again, is a little bit earlier. We can't trust that at this point in the draft. It really does come down to how we want the positions to play out and what kind of upside we think Brown has. Let's go ahead and go in that direction. We are fairly well covered at running back, and running back is the position where we're going to find plenty of options in free agency. So Blair Andrews will be excited that we took his favorite player in round 18. Colin, we do still have to take a defense, but we have a number of guys we like who are still available in Pat Ferrimuth, Jamar Jefferson, Anthony McFarland. Ideally, one of those guys in a defense will be our last two picks. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking as well. So, um, And again, those guys that we've talked about are, are probably, um, particularly at the runback position, I would fully expect some of those guys to get back to us. Another player that we have in the queue for the listeners is Darius Slayton. Uh, we did do a little bit of a defense talk. We will probably talk a little bit about it before that selection as well. But we did talk about the defenses and the football guys draft as well. So we'll probably still lean quite a lot into what we discussed at that point. Sean, you mentioned Fairmouth. I've been drafting him in, in pretty much all of my leagues over the last um, six weeks or so. Um, at the back end of the draft, I think he's a, a really valuable piece to have there. Um, reports have been very good. We we know Ebron can get in the end zone, but we also know that he can't really block, and <laughs> there's there's other issues with that. So we, we could see a situation where Fairmouth gets in on the action uh, early, and if that can happen, we could have a, a really good rookie season from him as a tight end. He was somebody... 
I, I liked anyway um, coming into the draft process and um, you know there was a little bit of a, a downer because of falling behind Ebron on the, the depth chart potentially but um, things are, are looking quite positive there in Pittsburgh so he would be interesting we have the two tight ends something we talked about previously was he's probably going to be somebody who's going to be valuable come week one week two and uh, then you'll be spending that waiver wire budget on it so at this point my question for you would be if it is say Fairmouth and we have you know Jamar Jefferson and McFarland there is it a case of who we think is going to be the most expensive come you know pre-week one waivers or or post-week one waivers and and that might lead us towards Fairmouth I think so yeah I mean you just don't need too much more of a breakout from him in order to make his value such that in the tight end premium here, I mean, drafters are, are desperate for that tight end production as the season goes along. And so I think that he could be someone who generates some pretty large bids. Uh, you know, at the same time, if we do get any kind of injury, I mean, if Harris were to go down, Anthony McFarland would be, you know, probably a 600 bid in you know, whatever week that was. And so you've got to take that element into consideration as well. Probably not the same case for Jefferson if Swift were to aggravate his injury to the point where he were going to be out for, you know, five, six, seven weeks, or if Jamal Williams were to go down and be out for the season, Jefferson's value would jump up, but it wouldn't jump up to that range. So uh, your question, a very good one in terms of how we want to structure our roster, uh, those three players and kind of where they would fit, I think that that's kind of how the wafer bids would play out for them. Uh, Do you have just sort of a, a preference in terms of which one you think is the most fun, which guy you most want to have on the roster? Would you prefer to go with a defense early here? The Chiefs have... A matchup in week one against the Browns with Baker Mayfield there. I think that you could get him into a, a position where they trail by, you know, three touchdowns and he tries to win the game. I don't think that Baker Mayfield is going to sit back and be like, oh, well, we lost, right? And that's kind of what you're hoping for with your defense playing from in front. They can make some plays in that situation. We know the Carolina Panthers, and we talked about Ben Gretsch recommending them in stealing signals. Uh, Make sure you sign up for his newsletter. It's absolutely fantastic. The Panthers have that New York Jets offense in week one. And then Seattle, a team that played much better on defense over the second half of last season, they have the Colts in the first week. Now they are on the road. That does factor into it a little bit, but I think that there's some chance for Carson Wentz to come out and have some of the same problems he had last year, even behind a better offensive line. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I'm hoping that he bounces back. You know, I think it'll be a much better uh, fantasy season for the likes of Jonathan Taylor uh, if he bounces back there. But uh, what I would be saying here, Sean, and look, we've seen some teams take two defenses here in this draft so far, but Team 10, who'll be going after us, uh, has two defenses already. I wouldn't expect them to take a third. Um, Then we have Team 11, Team 12, both have taken defenses so far. So what I would be saying is if Fairmouth gets back to us, we take him in this round and then we should have an option at run him, or at defense then coming back again we'll we'll obviously have an option it is the 20th right so we don't have much option other than to select one but um casey has gone off the board at the 1902 so in terms of the the defense that we'll probably look to go for i think seattle's interesting i think um carolina is interesting as well i think they're probably where i would 
lean towards and I, I fully expect them to to last back now that's obviously famous last words but I, I expect them to to make it back to us I did mention as well on the the show for the football guys one I, I think the Packers defense is thought of less than it, it should be based on how the season ended and how things kind of collapsed for them a little bit in that playoff game but I can't remember the exact figure now because I've tried to blank that game completely from memory but I think Brady had either three or four turnovers in that game I think that defense is much better than people's memory. I think Kevin King um, had a couple of mistakes in that game, and especially on before the half. But I think we could see that defense really pushing. It does seem that the mindset, and I know every team's mindset is to go in and get a Super Bowl, but I think things are, are really looking quite positive for the Packers here as we, we start the season. So I would be putting them in the mix, but I think Carolina would be, would be my preference um, as well. Yeah, you mentioned your Packers, and I think that first game with New Orleans and having Jameis Winston at the helm and the potential uh, that the Packers would get ahead and Winston would go out and make a bunch of mistakes as he is wont to do. That is an interesting matchup. Probably more interesting if it were at Green Bay. The Saints, and part of this almost certainly is Drew Brees, but they have been so good at home, not quite the same team on the road. Uh, that probably factors in a little bit. Colin, we are back. Freremuth did make it around. I understand that he is your selection. That's also the direction I would be leaning. Uh, put that one in. Yeah, no, I think that's the way to go. And I think for the listeners as well, if you are drafting, whether it's season long, um, well, only if it's season long, but if it's high stakes or not high stakes, think about these selections as where things might be in two weeks' time or in you know three weeks' time, how things might play out. I think sometimes we just go purely for need here like we have four running backs and i think you could easily be like oh, i need another running back rather than another tight end but i also think that we're going to be really targeting those running backs in the waiver wires and now that we have those three tight ends i think it puts us in a good spot there as well so uh, that's taking us to the second last pick we will be recapping these uh, teams um after in a, in a separate episode but um sean we'll we'll save it for the recap but i'm i'm pretty convinced here that the team one and team 12 uh are are road of his subscribers but we'll we'll talk more about that in the in the recap episode but um are we are we settled on the panthers if, if that is the way it goes I, I talked about not expecting these teams to to take a um to take a, a defense here as, as it wraps back around to us and I think the true test, Sean, to who the uh, quarterback is that wins the uh, Matt Ryan versus Fitzpatrick debate is uh, Matt Ryan has gone off the board here at the 1910. Will Fitzpatrick get drafted? Uh, I, yes, he's going to be picked in the 20th round. People are missing out. I mean, we, we could decide that we need to move that uh, Deontay Brown pick. We could move the Fairmouth pick to pick up. Fitzpatrick before week one, if there's a concern about Burrow's ability to handle that game, uh, I'm going to root for him to not be selected so that we have that option. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I hope that's the case. I think uh, there's a couple of teams here that, that may need him. Team five has drafted uh, Jalen Hurts, who we talked about being a great value in the 13th round, uh, just the one quarterback. But Let's hope that he decides to to roll with one quarterback throughout. Uh, these two teams in 11 and 12, both of one quarterback and Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott. Um, I do think that somebody's probably going to pick up Winston here as well and probably Bridgewater um, based on the having the starter job. But let's see. Let's see what happens. So, no, Sean, 
there they go again. They're neck and neck. Uh, Fitzpatrick has gone off the board at the uh, at the um, nineteen twelve, and that just firms up that that uh, <laughs> definitely definitely wrote of a subscriber taking Fitzpatrick there as well. So, Sean, we can't separate them. Uh, I thought we were going to have a way to separate that battle, but the battle wages on. It does. It does. So we're down to the end here, and it is exciting to be able to use Ben's defense research to our advantage. I like the idea of continuing to stream these guys every week. Do you think the Panthers are going to uh, win in a blowout in this first game, or is the kind of Zach Wilson express the progress that he's made in the last couple of weeks of preseason. Is he going to jump out and be Justin Herbert right from day one? I don't know if it'd be Justin Herbert from day one, but I think the, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I think both teams probably are going to put up more points this season than has been talked about. And we're, we're obviously talking a lot about DJ Moore, um, you know, Robbie Anderson's there, Marshall's stepping up, Chris McCaffrey's there. Like, you know, there's no reason that the Panthers uh, don't put up a lot of points. The concern for the Jets would be, uh, the Panthers' defense should be should be quite good, and also there's probably going to take a little bit of time for that offense to gel. So he, it's not a case that that Wilson's walking into a situation like last season where we had, um, you know, a pretty much ready-made offense that Herbert stepped into. There's so many moving parts with that Jets team, so I expect that there'll be some miscalculations, and that should work out uh, quite well for the Carolina Panthers' defense to take advantage of. So I think it'll be a high-scoring game, but. I think that the Panthers will win it uh, convincingly enough in the end. I agree. And the Panthers also have a home game in week two against that Jameis Winston led Saints team. It could be an interesting way to get off to a two game start, save a little bit on free agency in that first week where we focused on so many other things. So we'll pull the trigger on the Panthers. We can always just blame Ben if uh, <laughs> we don't get 15 points from the defense in week one. If, if we lose by uh, 0.7, we'll unsubscribe from, from stealing signals. No, <laughs> Ben's had, had so much great stuff. Make sure you check that out. Uh, Colin, we are now through 20 rounds, and the team looks pretty fun. Yeah, the team looks fun, and we will be back to tie it in a, in a bow as we look through some of the other teams as well. Uh, thanks for sticking through the draft, and uh, of course, come back, check out our reviews, what we might do differently in hindsight, what we would keep the same. I know we touched earlier on that AJ, AJ Dillon pick. Would we change that? Come back, find out. We'll talk through the draft in full. We're going to have our regular content as well, and if you are listening to this one, make sure you subscribe to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. These episodes and the bonus episodes and the regular episodes tend to come out there usually, you know, 8 to 12 hours earlier than on the main feed. So if you want to get them as soon as possible, make sure you just subscribe to the regular feed. I will do a plug as well for the Stadium Bananas feed. That is the same situation where sometimes if there's multiple shows in a day, uh, we will schedule those throughout the day. But if you're subscribed to the individual feeds, for those shows on Stadium Bananas that come out on Saturdays, Mondays, and Wednesdays, or the Road of His OT podcast, that usually Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, you'll get them once they go live. So don't miss out. Get them as soon as possible. Get that advantage ahead of your league mates. Subscribe to those individual feeds. Until we're back with another edition of the show, as always, you can get yourself that 10% listener-only discount. The code is RVRADIO2021. Use that at checkout. And if you want more information, go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools up on the website. 
My name is Colm Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Ireland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel, who you can see all of his fantastic work, including the Zero RB pieces up on rotabiz.com. Don't miss out on those. If you do have a question for us, you can send it my way on Twitter. Again, that is at Over to Ireland or at rotabizradio at gmail.com. We'll answer some of those on the upcoming shows. And until we're back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.